Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Are You Really Living podcast. Today's guest is Esther Adam. Esther is a mortgage loan originator at Eagles Funding Group, with expertise in the mortgage industry and a background in tax law. Esther is a trusted name synonymous with professionalism, integrity, and personalized financing solutions. Her journey began with a passion for helping people realize their dreams of homeownership, and she ensures her clients are equipped with the best possible options tailored to their unique financial situations. Esther is committed to continuous learning and keeps up with the latest mortgage industry trends and regulations to provide her clients with the most up-to-date information to empower them to make informed decisions. Esther Adams' dedication to her clients' financial well-being, great results, and personalized touch makes her a beacon of excellence in the mortgage industry. Let's welcome our host, Mr. Enrio Longchamp, and our guest, Esther Adam. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Are You Really Living? Today's guest is Esther Adam. Miss Esther, how are you doing today? I'm doing great in your stuff in Rio. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to have you today because I know what we'll be discussing is very, very important. Can you briefly explain what is a licensed mortgage loan originator? What are their role in the home buying process? Certainly. The basic formal definition of what, I, of what a licensed um, mortgage loan originator is a person that helps a prospective borrower get the right mortgage for a real estate transaction. The MLO is the original contact person that the lenders deal with for the mortgage. And it, they work with the borrower um, from the application stage to the approval and also through the closing process of when the borrower is purchasing property. And also uh, MLO can be a lending company, mortgage broker, or a loan officer. So that's um, pretty much what the mortgage loan originator is. And um, as far as like their roles in the home buying process, I would say that they are extremely important individual um, because, you know, the that's the person that helps you get funding, right? So they can help you as far as getting the best interest rate, depending on the lenders that they work with. And if they work with different various lenders to kind of meet your specific need. And also, you know, depending on the different program that's available within your state, or with the lender that you deal with, um, you can benefit from those great programs. So the lo- loan originator, I think, is super, super important because before getting that property, you want to know exactly, okay, what am I pre-approved for? What, what's the loan amount that I can get? So that person is, is, is very important. Um, in my opinion, I think they're a little more important than the realtors. I mean, it, that statement may seem a bit controversial to a lot of folks, and I understand, but um, in the end, this is a 30-year, typically for homeowners, residential, it's it's a 30-year mortgage, right? So dealing with the right people uh, that know and have relationships with the right lender uh, can make or, you know, break as far as your mortgage and long-term payment. So uh, they're pretty important people. Perfect. Now, how do you stay up to date to the latest trends and changes within regulation within the mortgage industry, such as 
uh, the different rates government is putting out? How do you make sure that you're up to date? Yeah, for sure. So um, I work with different lenders and with the lenders that I work with, we are constantly getting um, daily, you know, daily updates on the changes, you know, with the rates because the rates can fluctuate, right? Um, until you get that lockdown of the rate, whether it's 15 day, 30 day, 45 day, until you get that lockdown rate, you know, the rates can fluctuate. But with the lenders that I work with and also keeping myself updated, you know, with the Federal Reserves and so forth, you know, I get the daily updates of exactly what's going on in the market. Do you really need to have the 20% down? And if you don't, what is, I guess, the benefits or the risk or pros and cons about it? Yeah, sure thing. So that 20% down um, is typically what you call a DSCR loan. And that depending, you know, each borrower's circumstance is different, right? That's typically for borrowers who don't, you know, maybe their credit may not be up to date, you know, up to par. However, they have the financing, they have that money they can put down, they have the finances in order, the credit is not so much in order, or it could be that borrower that's a small business owner, and they want to their business. So that's one of the really good options out there for uh, either investors, you know, who want to get those investment properties, you only need 20% down. But typically, most folks, you do not need 20% down, you just need 3.5% down for the FHA to be qualified. And actually, one of the lenders that I work with at the moment, they are actually giving 3.5% down for the borrowers. So, you know, that's a big deal um, when it comes to, you know, purchasing that property and what it closing costs. So there's a lot of great programs and opportunities out there. You just have to, again, um, get in contact with the right mortgage loan originators. If you do not have the 20% for the 3.5% you mentioned, what is the best or the number for your credit score to be at, to have to be qualified? To be honest, um, most, it's, you won't qualify, right? Depending on the lender. We have lenders that um, we work with, Eagles Funding, that can get you qualified at 580. However, keep in mind that the better your credit score is, the better your interest rate is going to be. Um, and that's a you know difference maker when it comes to your monthly payment and your mortgage. You know, we recommend I I recommend the clients to try to get at least, you know, six six sixty, right, or higher. Um, if possible, seven hundred is more desired. And, you know, a seven twenty, seven forty is great. But again, the higher your credit score is, the better it is for you. You know, as far as the rates starting off the rates, but there's other ways to get better interest rates as well. You should always buy down the rate. And that's one information that a lot of folks, they don't know that you can buy down the interest rate. Can you elaborate on that really quickly? Sure thing. Uh, so for example, right now, a good example is we had a client, he had a 640 credit score. We were able to get him a 4.7% uh, interest. It was like 4.7 and change interest rate, right? That's kind of unheard of in the market. That was about a month ago. And what we did is we helped the client by doing that with buying down the rate. 
So let's say it was a uh, five or six percent, right? You buy down the rate. So for every percent that you go down, you pay a percentage of that loan. So you buy it down. And we have our rate sheet that tells us, okay, exactly this is, you know, how much it'll cost you to buy down the rate. And once we buy down the rate, we can tell you what the difference is as far as your mortgage. So that can be a difference between a $3,000 mortgage, $2,700, $2,600. So it all depends, you know, on the client and their circumstance um, financially, because some folks may not be able to afford to buy down that rate, right? But again, as I mentioned before, with the lender um, that we are working with, if they're able to provide that 3.5 down percent that you need, right? So that extra $5,000 that you are going to add, let's say you can use that to buy down your REIT. And that can make a big difference in how much you're paying every month um, for that monthly mortgage. What are the most common types of mortgage loans you assist homeowners with and how do they differ from one another? Oh, sure thing. So the most common one is the FHA. So the FHA is is one of the best ones out there. There's so much advantage. One of the great advantages um, to the FHA um, loans is that all you re- all you need is the 3.5% down payment. That's all you need. Um, it's FHA is really there to help middle-class folks and just, uh, you know, borrowers who want to start and really take advantage of the financial wealth opportunities and building that they can build with, you know, home ownership. So um, instead of the 10% or 20% down, you would need, you would just need a 3.5% down to purchase the property. That's one of the most common ones. Another is the BA loans, right? For those who are active military, depending on how many years they've been in the military, uh, you know, that typically you'll have to get that information through the VA to contact to see if they are eligible or not. And if they are actually a veteran, right? Typically with those, you just need the 1% down, which outbeats um, FHA, right? Just 1% down doesn't matter what the loan amount is. And with the VA, it doesn't matter how many properties you have, right? As long as you qualify, you can still take advantage of the 1% down um, that you need for the property and also the DSCR, right? That's another one, 20%, no credit share. Um, You just need the 20% down. We check, of course, as far as the income, making sure you have the income and down payment. Uh, But that's pretty much, you know, like a, a brief, snippet summary of for those and of course conventional um the conventional loan is a very popular one that i you know we assist our clients with uh what are some essential factors that borrowers should consider when choosing a mortgage loan originator i think one of the um essential factors with that is you know making sure that the mortgage loan originator that they are choosing works with different lenders because different lenders have different rates you know different lenders may have you know different things that work some for others so for example jumbo jumbo loans right are loans that are above the FHA threshold they're considered jumbo loans um depending on the state that you live in you know for example states um where the property 
cost of properties high, like California, New York, or Massachusetts, you know, jumbo loans are a little bit more popular than other states, right? So some lenders, they provide better rates for jumbo loans than others, right? And you have some lenders, even with the DSCR that I mentioned, some of them, instead of the 20%, you can still put 15% down. Um, some lenders for first-time homebuyers, they have the 3.5% down payment assistance or the hometown heroes for the Florida borrowers, right? First-time Florida borrowers can get up to $35,000 towards their property, which is a big, 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 big difference, big help. For our middle-class families. So, you know, that's a really big deal um, because typically um, borrowers save up to $10,000 when they have a mortgage loan originator system versus going directly um, to like a Chase Bank or a Bank of America, right? Because we have more options and we work directly with the wholesale lenders. So we're able to give better rates to our clients and pretty much, you know, were more in their best interest. Uh, what are the main challenges faced by mortgage loan originators in today's market? Well, I think one of the myths that I think is that folks think that, you know, by going to the big banks, they're going to get better deals or the big banks are more in their advantage. And that's one of, I think that's one of the a big myths and issues that we have. A lot of people don't know that, you know, that the mortgage loan originators, you know, they can do so much more for the borrowers and that there's so much programs and opportunities out there, depending on the mortgage loan originator that you deal with, you can certainly know about them, not know about them, and won't be able to take advantage of those um, opportunities. So I think that's one of the myths. And I think the second myth is that right now, right now is you know, is not a good is is not a good time to purchase a home or if it's like really impossible to purchase a home. I think that's like one of the second myths I would I would think um is is not true. Because once again, you know, it, it it's that it all depends. Now if somebody comes to you now to start the home buying process from today until closing, how many days will that take and what will be the process? Well, it all depends. It all depends. But I can tell you with uh, Eagles funding, we can close within 14 days. I know for a lot of folks, it sounds absurd, impossible, right? But it can happen. For sure, if, if the borrower, we've already sat down, you know, we've spoken, you have all of your financial documents in place, you know, your credit score, we've ran that. We have the package prepared, you know, and we just go ahead and send that over. And then once the offer has been accepted, right, we get the process rolling from there. Um, you know, the property appraiser double checks it. We have the inspection of the property. And then the, so if they come down, um, assuming that this client, the credit is up to par, right? Let's say the credit score is 700. Uh, we have all the financial information that I need. For example, let's say it's a, FHA borrower, we have the financial information that is required, um, the credit score, everything has been pulled. We have the pre-approval letter. Uh, we have an offer. Um, the offer was accepted for that um, specific property that uh, my client is interested in. 
from there, we send it, we send that over immediately. From there, the property gets appraised. Uh, we have the underwriter checking everything, making sure that, you know, all the financial information as far as work, documentation, tax information, that everything is up to par. Inspection is passed. We can close within 14 days. To many people, it may sound absurd, but we've had clients where we've been able to close within 14 days. And there have been others that it took 30 days, right? So it, it all depends. But one of the big issues of why it's taking so long for the big banks to close is the, the their process, right? But again, the lenders that we have been blessed to work with, you know, they've been doing things very efficiently and also, you know, doing, taking all due diligence and following all federal guidelines and federal regulation, but still leaving our clients happy um, because purchasing a home in itself is, can be stressful. <laughs> so lingering the process when it's not necessary is a definitely great benefit. How do you assist first-time home buyers when it comes to the mortgage application process? Oh, certainly. Uh, so typically, I would assist them, of course, um, you know, asking some preliminary questions, finding out what is their needs, right? What they're looking for, um, you know, their financial status, where they are currently. Credit scores is, is one of the very important things. Uh, you know, funding, what what do they have for the property? And then, you know, if there's co-signers that is expected to be involved and making sure the finances are in order, um, taxes, right, tax return, depending if it's a business or if it's for an individual, right? We want to make sure that um, the tax returns are accurate and their finances as far as, you know, their salary and all these things. Um, these are, you know, we sit down with a client. I, I would sit down and just kind of talk to them and see where they are and to see if there's anything missing. If maybe should we wait to work on their credit score? What are, what are some of the things that you can do to work on your credit score? And, um, and take it from there. But right now, like I said, there's a lot of great opportunities and options out there for clients of different, you know, backgrounds and needs. For example, we have one of our lenders that's giving 3.5 down percent for that FHA 3.5 down payment that you would need. You know, so let's say you have a $400,000 property, 3.5% of that is about $14,000. So that $14,000 that you would have to come out of pocket, right? That lend is paying back for you. So now meaning, let's say you, you know, instead of it would have been 24,000, you now only have to come up with 10,000, right? You can use a little bit to buy down your rate and then put that towards your closing costs. So one of the first things um, for the borrowers, you know, is going back again to the finance is making sure they're employed. Are you employed? Are you a small business owner? And, you know, once we send that employment verification to your employer, you know, can they verify that you are expected to be employed, you know, within the near future? So these these are the things that we look for um, and making sure that, hey, you mentioned you have a down, down payment, right, or whatever, you know, finance that you're going to be putting towards the property. We want to make sure we can trace that money and 
you know, it's, it's valid. There's, uh, there's, there's no sense of, you know, illegal activities or anything like that going on. So these are pretty much some of the things I would talk to the bars just to sit down and see their profile and really see where they are financially, where they're looking to get and how we can, you know, kind of help them get to where they need to get and how we can maximize their current situation now to get them the best, you know, the best rate as possible um, with the best lender that suits their specific financial needs. Right now is in transition into another job. Will it be the best time for them to purchase a home or should they stay in that particular job until after they purchase a home? That's a great question. Um, So actually, it all depends. Let's say, for example, they were in one job and they switched immediately within the next month or so, right? And it's still the same salary income or the salary has increased. That shouldn't be a problem. However, let's say there was like a six months, like a six months gap or so, or maybe, you know, the last year's tax was like substantially different from this year. And, you know, that could possibly be an issue, um, but it all depends. But we typically tell our clients, you know, if you know you're purchasing a property, you know, it's better to kind of, like you mentioned, to stay where you are now. And then once you're done, you can just, you know, transition over instead of waiting like, you know, a week before closing, right, or something, <laughs> a couple of weeks before they call for the employment verification. That's when they say, oh, you're no longer employed. Okay, well, we're going to have to start everything over because when we said, when we sent your application, it was based on, you know, that employer. So that's something to really think about. And that's also the same thing with uh, opening new credit card lines or purchasing new cars. <laughs> it's a good point. You brought that up in Rio because, you know, we've had clients a week before closing, two weeks, they decide to go purchase, you know, a Benz or Audi and we get that credit, you know, we get the credit, um, credit alert and you know the the clock just has to restart and they may not be qualified anymore right because the debt to income ratio just is no longer under the guidelines like so that's something we definitely tell our clients not to do um is open up any new credit card lines definitely not buy any new new vehicle or make any new large purchases right because that will be an issue advice do you have for individuals looking to improve their credit score uh, to qualify for a better mortgage rate? One of the big things is your credit usage. I think a lot of folks completely forgot about that, <laughs> the credit usage. Um, so you want to try to keep your credit usage at 30% or lower, right? So for example, let's say you have a $5,000 card, credit card, you want to keep it at $15,000 or less. And that should meaning throughout the whole entire month. And another thing too that I've seen that help that has helped my clients their credit score improve drastically quicker is when they make multiple payments per month. So for example, let's say for this month, you know, you've had eight hundred dollars, right, of credit expenses or bills. Um, instead of with waiting on the 31st to pay that $800, pay the $500 on the 1st, pay, you know, the $300 on the 15th. And, you know, as you keep, as you make expenses, you just keep paying the more, you know, 
I've seen that help clients' credit scores just go up, making sure you're paying on time, of course. You know, anything delinquent on your account is, you know, try to settle that and and um, try to get those removed from your credit score as soon as possible. And so those are the things I think um, that folks sometimes forget about and the multiple credit card, too many credit card is not good. Um, and also to keep in mind, the credit usage is based on all of your cards. So let's say you have three cards, one for 1000 one for five and one for three. The one for 1000 you're maxing it out of, you know, for 1000 But the other two, you keep it at 30%. Your overall credit, your credit um, usage is still going to go above the 30% because you are maxing out one of your cards. So that's another thing um, to keep in mind. And, you know, so I would highly recommend to, as far as like credit cards, quality, not quantity, right? It's better to have two or three really good cards and to have six or seven. Um, and then keeping your credit usage low, making um, on-time payments, and then trying to settle those accounts, you know, that are on your credit. As you know, this is Are You Really Living podcast. So I have to ask you, um, who's your soup? Who's your, who do you look up to as a hero? I would say definitely my mom. Uh, definitely, I'd say I look up to her as my hero because just thinking about her work ethic, right, as an immigrant who's come to this country, um, barely speaking the language, um, she worked in not the most sought after or respected career as a housekeeper in the nursing home, but yet she's been able to just be good at whatever she does. And, um, you know, she's one employee of the year, employee of the month. She's all her coworkers, you know, they just love her. They think she's phenomenal. And um, I look up to her because she, she started from nothing, you know, coming here as an immigrant and she was able to, to work hard and she she's also became a homeowner. She raised a lot of us. She didn't have the opportunity to have an education, but by the grace of God, all of her kids, um, you know, we all are hardworking professionals. And so I would say out of everyone, she is my ultimate hero just to see all the sacrifice and the dedication that she has. She has done and her work ethic is just impeccable. Make sure you have your mom listen to this uh, interview. Okay, I will. <laughs> now, a final questions uh, before you go. If somebody would like to reach out to you, they're in the process of getting a home and they're looking for a loan originator, how can they reach out to you? Uh, your email or social media handle, how can they reach you? Oh, sure thing. Um, so my email is eadam at eaglesfunding.net. E like Esther, e a like apple, D like dog, A like Adam, and like Mary at eagles with an S, funding.net. And my phone number is 954-554-8166. Once again, uh, phone number is 954-554-8166. People, you heard it first here. If you're looking for loan originator, Esther is the one to go with. So thank you again for stopping by. Yes. One more thing I wanted to add specifically for those um, who are in Florida. Right now, uh, Florida has the 
Hometime Heroes program for the first-time home buyers, you can get up to $35,000, right? That will assist you for your down payment of the property. And also, if you are not purchasing our property in Florida, or you're just um, purchasing an FHA property in another state or within Florida, but you're not a U.S. resident or citizen, and you have a TPS status, you can still qualify and get the 3.5 down payment assistant program as well. So that is a great opportunity to assist in reaching that financial wealth. Reach out to Esther for more information. Thank you so much. Thank you again, Esther. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you for listening to the Are You Really Living podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to us on social media. We would love to hear from you. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep growing. And most importantly, keep living your best life. Please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.